Okay, still recording. And we're going to say welcome to the Love of Learning Podcast. Welcome to the Love of Learning Podcast. Where we bring the fun and discovery of Kids Bush Children's Museum right into your own home. I'm your host, Ali Sherotis. I'm Putter Burt. I am the CEO of Kids Quest Children's Museum, and I have been with the museum for 20 years. Children's Museum's role in a community started in teaching children and families how to visit other museums. So the original Children's Museum in Indianapolis and Boston and Brooklyn really were much more collections-based museums and taught families how to visit the more traditional museums. Over time, however, Children's Museums are teaching more than just how to visit a museum. They are such a quilt of the community. They're a glue of the community. We get to explore and teach and investigate art and science, daily life experience. I just think a Children's Museum is one of the most magical places in any community. And any community that has a Children's Museum is really lucky. Modern children's museums are built on the understanding that children learn experientially. What better way to learn about the world than having the freedom to touch, squeeze, climb on, dismantle, and put back together? Every experience you have at KidsQuest or in KidsQuest programming is designed to encourage child-directed learning through play. We have an entire team of educators who design specific curriculum that encourages conversation and reflection throughout play. The learning that happens here is spontaneous and collaborative, building on wherever the child chooses to take it. Formal education, like in traditional school settings, is more institutionalized and measured against a set of specific standards. The kind of learning we see happening in the galleries and programs at KidsQuest is more informal. Learning in an informal setting also brings in all kinds of important elements like communicating social and cultural information. Developing these skills helps kids build confidence in their own curiosity and love of learning. Today we're hearing from the Kids Quest educators about designing curriculum for the museum and how they've adapted their programs for home learning. If you're a Kids Quest regular, I bet you'll recognize these voices. Hi there, Kids Quest Chris here with another activity for you guys. Hi everybody, my name is Jen. I'm from Kids Quest Children's Museum, and today I am here to show you. You some probably met Chris rebuild. in our recycle so, rebuild room, tinkering with unusual building materials or leading our tool time program. Jen develops and leads many of our early learning classes. When I'm designing curriculum, we have multiple levels of engagement that we're looking for, different things that someone could get out of it. I'm always trying to lead them there, but I have to make sure I leave in the lesson enough flexibility to let them find the path there that they want. One of the things that someone said to me about informal education is that we are the trail guides. So we have to think of education as a mountain. You know, maybe there's a viewpoint near the bottom, but there's also a viewpoint at the top. And then there's the summit. And there's 10 different paths that connect from the trailhead to each of those points. My job is to think about those paths and talk to a student and say, here's this trailhead. Let's start walking down the trailhead. 
when they're confronted with a fork in the road, help them choose a path. Recognizing that even if I don't get them all the way to the summit, if they get to one of those viewpoints, that's still something to be celebrated. It was very interesting when I first started working here because I had no knowledge really of what informal education was. I, you know, I grew up in a small town where there was, there was no children's museum. Like I had never even heard of this before. And I have been at Kids Quest now for six and a half years. I started here part-time as a play guide while I was going to school. And I got my master's degree and my intention was to go be a teacher after working here and kind of working my way through different positions. I really enjoyed how Kids Quest teaches their classes and their focus on informal learning. I kind of stuck with that and moved my way up to being an educator and teaching classes and then a program coordinator and developing curriculum. So I've worked my way all the way up to where I am now in the past six years. Informal education was a better fit for me just because I really enjoyed the focus on open-ended questions and play-based learning and allowing children to move the learning where they wanted it to go. And I had the freedom to change my curriculum very quickly, week to week or even minute to minute, uh, based on what the children were interested in. And while I have guidelines and while I follow state standards, it's very informal in terms of it's all about conversations and talking to them to see if they're understanding our concepts. And if they're not, then I change the curriculum a little bit and try to tweak it. The world of informal education is very interesting. And so I've spent a lot of time thinking about what we can do that's different because kids are at school all day and then they come to me. So ways that I can allow them to move their bodies and get up and, and do some interesting things that they might not get to do while they're at school. Another thing that was told to me once by one of my mentors was that if there is a conversation happening, then learning is taking place. I thought that was a really important thing to think about when it comes to our form of education and very much importantly with the age ranges that we're looking at. Just by talking with another person, there the both people are learning something. For me, one of the hardest things about figuring out how to do virtual content is finding ways to make sure that there is conversation and interaction going on between both me and the learner, but also between learners, because both of those things are so important for learning content, but also in learning all of the important life skills and social-emotional learning that we know are just so important in our children's development. That was one of the biggest things that I was trying to think of when I was developing curriculum during our stay-at-home orders. How can we do our kind of education that's very hands-on in this new setting where no one can be near each other? We can't necessarily hand people materials yet. I start teaching at nine months. My oldest kids are seven. How do you teach a nine-month-old virtually? How do you teach 12-year-old virtually? Like, they're very different. So we had to think a lot about realistic expectations. 
So right now we are doing a mix of virtual live classes and virtual pre-recorded classes. I am doing a little bit of both, as is Chris. The pre-recorded classes are, I think, really fun because we are sending you out a link every week. And then if you want to, you can go back and rewatch the video as many times as you want. So once your child has done the class one time and you know what to expect, you know what materials they're going to need, it could be very easy for you to kind of set them up to do it again the next day and kind of, you know, if you're working from home, just hang out and do your thing while they're doing their thing. And I think that's really exciting because we know that children learn through repetition. So it is really fun that they can then go do it again. And, you know, the second time they do it, they're not going to do it the same way they did it the first time. So it is going to be changing. And then the live classes are really fun because we get to communicate with each other. Obviously, the kids can talk to each other. I can talk to them. They can talk to me. So I'm doing Quest Club Engineering live. We've sent out boxes of materials for building hydraulic machines. So we're able to know, like, in your box, you have this. Like, let's grab this and let's grab this. Each week, we'll get together on Zoom and have a conversation. I have some challenges for each week. I mean, it's an engineering class, but an important thing about engineering is that it never happens in a super rigid way that people expect engineering to be. There's a lot of art and design and you know, social thinking and that goes into it. So we're trying to incorporate a lot of that into the class as well. What most people don't get a chance to see is how much of our education department's work takes place outside the walls of the museum. KidsQuest wants to make sure as many families and kids have access to KidsQuest programming as possible. Over the last few years, that's included incarcerated adults, families facing homelessness, and senior communities. Currently, our team is doing some awesome work with the Bellevue School District, Boys and Girls Clubs, and the King County Library System. Even though daily operations look a little different right now in all of these spaces, our education team is innovating in incredible ways. The fact that right now we can't actually go anywhere is kind of tricky. It makes me sad, but one day we'll get back to that. So right now we're just focusing on virtual. Chris and I are each doing our own different outreach. I am working with the King County Library System, and Chris is working with the Boys and Girls Club. Similar to our early learning classes, we are dropping off boxes of materials to libraries and to the Boys and Girls Clubs that we've been working with in the past. For the last two years, we've been going into the schools and into the Boys and Girls Clubs to present Kids Quest programming not just science and engineering. We also did a whole uh, year's worth of programming doing clay sculpting, letting them just experience forming something with their hands out of clay, which isn't something that people always get to do. And this year, we're going to be producing videos, so we won't be able to go into the Boys and Girls Clubs necessarily, but uh, or the school districts, but we will be able to, you know, have a familiar face, uh, be there to guide them in some engineering, guide them in some art. We're trying to add some bonus uh, experiences for these kids to enjoy. 
And one of the important things that we wanted to do while we were doing this was to think about how to make sure that the stuff that we're doing virtually reminds people of the museum and gives them that sense of comfort that they got from the museum. We've heard a lot from people that they miss the Children's Museum. They miss being there. They thought of it as another kind of safe place and not being able to go there has been really hard. So we wanted to make sure that we film our videos from the Children's Museum so that people know that it's still there. Kind of thing. It, it has a feeling of being present there even if you're not able to be there in person. Kids Quest has created a themed sensory subscription service. Each month, a curated kid kit box containing some of our favorite sensory materials can be sent to your home for you and your family to enjoy together. Grown-ups, Play-Doh is not just for kids. You know you love it too. You can find these boxes on our website in the Kids Quest at Home section of our store. Our education manager, AJ, is about to walk us through the current box. Harrison, three and a half years old, and his mom, Sarah, gave it a test run for us. We take a little one post Oh, but look at that. It's exactly half. So these two are the same. Mm-hmm. Right? But can I show you this? The reason we started creating these kits was in an effort to continue providing children with hands-on learning opportunities, as well as what we hope is a moment of respite for the adults in their lives as they continue to balance school from home and work life. We've created monthly subscription boxes called Kit Kits. We focused on sensory exploration and simple materials that allow for open-ended play. Like a pizza pie. Exactly. Do you think that other shapes do that too? Each month, the boxes will feature three handmade Kids Quest Play-Doh containers, including a scented one. We chose Play-Doh as the consistent item in the boxes because we understand that it creates a multitude of learning and play opportunities for children. You're making stamps. stamps. Not only does it strengthen a child's fine motor skills, but it supports language development. Children can work on recognizing the colors, describing the way in which it feels, and in this case, the way it smells too. It truly becomes a multi-sensory time of exploration and investigation. How about this could be the other one? Play-Doh allows for creativity. Whatever the child can imagine, they can create. This one could be ice cream. Oh, okay. For a lot of children, and adults for that matter, it can be a stress relief. So that's like your Play-Doh squeezer. It truly is a wonderful and simple tool for play and learning. Every month, the box will highlight a theme. In conjunction with the colored dough, we included Unifix cubes, those wonderful linking blocks we have all played with, so that children can sort, count, or use them to push into the Play-Doh to create some shapes or patterns. We also included silicone baking cups, colored gems, counting rods, and a small rolling pin, ideal for little hands. It happened again. And all meant to encourage open play. You can see Jen, Chris, and AJ on our YouTube channel, leading home exploration activities and story times. Check out the Kids Quest website for more information on our class and program schedule. Thank you so much to our education department for joining me in this episode.